It's your girl, Marisa, and you are listening to the Heard That with Marisa Tigney podcast. The Heard That with Marisa Tigney podcast is sponsored in part by Holy Grail Clothing Company, an American lifestyle brand presented by the Regal Brand Incorporated. Discover high-quality handcrafted essentials from their collections for men, women, and children. Podcast subscribers can take 15% off their entire purchase with discount code HEARDTHAT15. That's H-E-A-R-D-T-H-A-T-1-5 when they shop the virtual retail store at HolyGrailClothingCompany.com. That's HolyGrailClothingCO.com. Holy Grail Clothing Company, wear your crown. I absolutely love doing volunteer service. I have met the most amazing people and some extraordinary kids as well. The cool thing that kids will always ask for when I am volunteering is books, if we have books available for them to take home because their passion and love for reading. There's an amazing author out there by the name of Trevor Romaine who has such cool books for kids that are fun and awesome with simple stories that kids can relate to and parents as well. The Trevor Romaine Company has a diverse collection of social and emotional learning resources to help children and their families become healthier, happier, and more confident. All heard that, listeners. If you go on trevorromaine.com today, you get an exclusive 15% off your complete order by using the code HEARDTHAT, H-E-A-R-D-T-H-A-T-1-5, at trevorromaine.com. Trevor Romaine, no E at the end of Romaine, Dot com today. What's up, Heard That Nation? Listening in the United States and around the world, you are listening to the Heard That with Marisa Tigney podcast. If you're watching on YouTube, hit the subscribe button. We love to have you be part of the know when all the videos drop and all the amazing content that's coming. And this one right here, I am so beyond excited to have her on the podcast. Her journey. I, I needed this. I needed this book that we're going to talk about. I needed it a long time ago when I was doing speeches for when I was in the restaurant business and other venues. And it has come right on time, especially for the podcast that I have now started. And it's almost been a year. It's fast how 2021 is going, and we're almost in May. But Sally Lou Loveman is on the podcast today. Uh, she has spent a lifetime doing what she loves. 
at age 14, her mother invited her to a taping of the Mike Douglas show. For those that remember, I do. It's an amazing show that was back in the day where she spotted a woman on the set with a clipboard. In that moment, Sally Lou knew one day she would work in television too. She just had no idea it would be for a woman named Oprah Winfrey. Having entertained <laughs> over a half a million people from the Oprah, Oprah Winfrey show stage as the show's audience producer, Sally Lou brings her message of love to new audiences and empowers them to speak their story through her platform, Love Speaks. And when I tell you, ladies and gentlemen that are watching and those that are listening, you definitely wanna watch because I'm holding up a book that she wrote that's absolutely brilliant. It is a teaching memoir, it's called Speak, Love Your Story, Your Audience Is Waiting. And I have all kinds of paper, or paper stuff, my mail, my pens and everything else. I have read this from cover to cover. I'm reviewing it again because when a book is so good that you want to just go and have a refresher, this is one of the books that I highly recommend you not only getting, but those that are wanting to tell their story, you're gonna fall in love with this book and what she wrote. Sally Lou, welcome to the Heard That Podcast. Oh, I am so excited to be here. And just hearing you say, welcome to the Heard That Podcast. <laughs> I can't tell you how proud I am of you because I remember, and I'm trying to go back in my brain, um, uh, it was definitely pre-COVID when we were discussing, maybe it was on Facebook, maybe it was on the Love Speaks Facebook group. I mm -hmm. can't remember exactly the location, mm -hmm. but I remember you saying, I want to do a podcast. And I said, what's stopping you? Like, do it. And I just remember having that conversation with you. And now here you are, you have sponsors, you're recording, you're in your second, you're in your fourth or third season, you said, sorry, starting your fourth season. And I think that that is just an example. Uh, it's what I love. I write about these kind of things, but it's just an example for everyone listening mm -hmm. to say, if you have a passion and you have an idea, what is stopping you? Yeah. You know, I mean, what is stopping you? Just do it. And if you can't afford to hire someone to do it for you, learn how to do it yourself. You clearly have. Um, and if you can afford to do it, do it. Like write that book or launch that podcast or take that class that you know is going to give you more skills for the things that you want to do. So thank you for being brave and bold and speaking what you want and watching it happen. Wow, Thank it, you. it's here. It's, it's, it's amazing during this time. Last year, March 17th, St. Patrick's Day, I would have never imagined the fact that I would walk into my employer and we are told that this is going to be our last day because it was starting to be the rise of the pandemic and the rise right. of COVID cases. And the next day, we, I go in and we're closing down the restaurant, putting the chairs up on the tables, doing when to count the last inventory of, you know, the bar and, and food and so forth. And never knew that still in 2021, that this would be going on. And it was basically all of us were on timeout, that we were told to have a seat, that we were told to stay home, be safe, mask up, social distance. And in that time, I had one of my books that I was writing. I got, I got a visual, not, I do vision boards, but I also write down what I want to do. 
And in that book, and I did discuss it with you, and I think I did discuss it twice. It was once on Facebook. We also, I mentioned it um, when you came into town and it was the gala for uh, Minnie's Food Pantry. We said it briefly in passing. It was that long ago? Long, that, that, long that long ago. ago. And, I, and I shelved it. And I shelved doing this platform for so long until I, I was told to stay home, that you lost your job and this is, you know, the beginning stages of the new normal. And so I found that notebook and was going back to it. And I was like, oh my gosh, I was writing a bunch of silly stuff. And then underneath I had podcasts and I wrote and I underlined it three times in my book that asked what I wanted to do. And August, uh, with a little encouragement from so many people and you including or every one of them, I, I, I stepped into the arena of podcasting and I was like, okay, Marisa, get over the, the, the part that you hate your voice, get over the fact that, you know, you don't, oh, you think you don't look good in camera and everything else and just go for it. And yeah. in your book, I just think that it's so right on time for the path that I'm going through or anybody that's listening that wants to speak in front of audiences or do a podcast or do, you know, some kind of thing virtual until we can all meet again and hug again and high five again and all that stuff. So I want the listeners to know a little bit of how, and I said it in the intro, uh, your love of television, and it started with your mom taking you to the Mike Douglas show. Uh, talk a little bit about that, how that journey started, and then you seen somebody holding a clipboard, and immediately yeah. you knew that's something that you wanted to do. Yeah, well, I, I do, I'm going to speak on that, but I do want to say one quick thing about what you just said. This time, this COVID time, this time where we were on, like you said, time out, told to sit back, told to social distance and really been a, a big year of isolation for all of us. Mm -hmm. It really truly is also been a year that we have built our communication skills because we had to, we had no other choice. We got lazy communicating, you know, send a text here, whatever. Um, you're in person, so you don't even ask the questions because you know we'll see you tomorrow. Now it's like, oh, we had to really step up our speaking and communication game oh, that's because good. yeah, that's we good. were we were having that. to yeah we were having to appear, um, you know, on camera on Zoom. Um, we really had to show up and we, and I, and I always say your audience is waiting and literally we have built our platforms. Now we all are on a platform. We're all on zoom. We're all on social media. And I think we're going to go back to our lives as much better communicators and speakers. So that, that is my hope. And I always said throughout the year, like, don't waste your time. Like you'll yeah. never get time out like this again. None mm -hmm. of us will. Mm -hmm. Let, what are we learning in the pause? Like, what are we like for you just said, you lost your job, but you created this incredible platform that is now in it's going to start its fourth season. And so that's just incredible. Like there's never a time where we should ever feel like, okay, we're just going to put our dream on the back burner. We can for a little bit, mm -hmm. but for the most part, it always needs to be simmering and we need to be working towards it. So that is one thing I just wanted to say in response to the time out that we've all been on that you mentioned. But for me, um, I found my purpose at a very young age, which allowed this shy young child who never left my mother's side, I was scared of everything, didn't never imagined that I would be ever on a stage doing anything. Um, I said yes to her invitation, my mother's invitation when she got tickets to go to a television show 
the Mike Douglas show back in the day. Uh, and it was happened to be uh, produced out of my uh, hometown of Philadelphia, one of the local stations there. It was a national show. She got tickets. We have no idea how or why. I didn't ask to go. I had no interest in going. I didn't say, mom, I want to work in TV. You know how today's kids are like, hey, I want to do this. Can you mm-hmm. hook me up? No, there was none of that. It was the right. 70s. Like, what did I know? Right. So I, um, but I skipped field hockey practice. That was a big deal because I did get in trouble from my coach. And we went. And as I was sitting there in the studio audience, which is really all I care about, like, Anytime, like I'm, I'm in my office, I'm looking at pictures from at the Oprah audience. Like all I care about is who's in the audience? Is the audience full? What's the perspective of the audience? Like I just, that's what I think of first. So here I am sitting in an audience chair at the Mike Douglas show. And I mm-hmm. see a woman on the set under the show mezzanine. And I'm like, I don't know what that woman does, but it's 1976. So that was like, it's a, you know, it's a miracle I'm seeing a woman working. That is that is in and of itself like a big deal right. um, to my 14-year-old self. And mm-hmm. she had a headset on, which like you, makes her cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> of course, that headset just takes your cool factor up enough. She's holding a clipboard. Yeah. A clipboard, you know, my cl- not not this branded clipboard, right. but she was holding a clipboard with her show notes on it and that made her official and then she was just really busy. So I knew that whatever it was she was doing, I would do it one day too. And that ticket was literally my ticket to my career with Oprah because from that day forward, one, I knew my purpose. Two, I owned it like it was mine. Like nobody else in my family ever worked in TV, wanted to work in TV. We only watched TV. It wasn't like Mm -hmm. anyone had that in them. And so it was mine and it made me different. It made me special and it gave me confidence. And I always believe that when we are in our purpose, we have confidence and fear has no access. So I really loved that part of for just, the fact that I had a career with Oprah is wonderful, but just the very fact that I found something that I could own that was mine, that I could just feel good about was so important to me. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so then I continued to study um, and, and do internships. I went to a college that didn't offer any kind of broadcast journalism uh, curriculum, but I took a semester in Washington to study that and at another university, American University, and I learned while I was at NBC that summer of an internship in production for college graduates that was in Chicago. And so I applied. And the funny part of my story is that when I went back to my college that didn't have broadcast curriculum, I was a senior. I had learned about this internship in Chicago. I didn't know where Chicago was. I'm from Philadelphia. Where the hell is Chicago to me? I couldn't tell you. I was never going anywhere past the East Coast border. But when I got back to school, I was still on the, on the field hockey team Now I was on in high school, but now I'm, I'm playing in college, but not well, like I was not on varsity. Mm -hmm. So I'm playing field hockey, but there was a, an art center that was built on the campus when I was gone for the semester. Mm -hmm. So now all of a sudden Hollywood has, has arrived. Like we have an art center and the first musical to ever be produced at our college was, was offered. And it was Chicago, the musical. And I'm like, what is with this Chicago? Like it's everywhere. So I tried out, quit the field hockey team, tried out, had no business being on that stage, 
didn't make the show, but I knew in that moment that I wanted to be on a stage one way or another. Mm -hmm. So I took an improv class, which would later serve me on a stage I had no idea I would be on in Chicago, the city, not the musical. Right. So I got the internship uh, in Chicago and I moved to Chicago and it was the same exact year Oprah moved to Chicago to host the local show um, AM Chicago. Mm -hmm. And I was at the station where I had my internship. It was the PBS station here. And we, all I can say is the timing of it was, was divine because I wanted to work on a talk show and here I thought I'd be working in New York or Boston or Philadelphia. And right. I go to Chicago because I learn about this internship. And that was the same year Oprah moved to Chicago to host her local show, which two years later would go national. I interviewed with her two years later. Um, I had met her because she'd been a guest on our local programming. Mm -hmm. um, it was lovely and wonderful and always has a compliment. And then I interviewed with her. I still have the interview suit. I posted it on Instagram this year. I can still fit into it, which was pretty- I remember that picture you posted, yeah. Although it was an elastic waist, but anyway, <laughs> um, she liked me, I liked her, what's not to like, but I didn't get the job. Mm. And a year later I did. And so in 1987, I, I started working for Oprah as the audience coordinator. And I would one day go back again and become the audience producer because my, my journey in television started in an audience seat and I didn't ever want to leave that position. I Did always you, wanted to be the audience. That is such an, a beautiful and amazing journey, Sally Lou, because you talk about your shyness. And I, you know, I read that in your book. And then I mean, as I'm reading it, I'm going, okay, she's got the shyness and she didn't leave her mother's side and everything else. And then seeing your journey just broaden. And well, then really, you're going, you're in front of people and I'm going, okay, a shy person. And I want some people that, you know, thinking that this is something that they want to go and do and speak to people and talk to people and have, you know, an avenue of, you know, of podcasting or whatever they want to do. And they're like, well, I'm just don't feel comfortable. I just, you know, feel shy and everything else. And to see you transform from a person that's completely shy to you're in front of an audience and you are an audience producer and you're just getting people involved. And I like the part in the book where you talk about mingling with people and yes. not just the audience itself, but like people that are waiting in line and getting to know them. But you also did that with the guests that she had on, whether they were just guests that had a story or famous guests that had a story. Right. Talk about that because that was a part that I, that's one of my bookmarks in here that I you know, was reading over and over again not only did you mingle, but you had a connectivity to the people yeah. that you were, you know, mingling with. And that's one of the reasons why I wrote the book, because I know that speaking in public is the number one fear people have. Mm -hmm. um, and I found through my own work, the secret to unlocking that fear. And that is simply by getting to know your audience before you speak. So for me, here I was ushering in all of the audience members into the studio, along with my team, checking them in, talking to them in line, making connections. We were doing it even before they arrived in the studio. Um, and by the time I got the job done, which was my purpose working in TV, mm -hmm. 
by the time I got my job done and had to get on the stage to actually do the warm up for the for the audience pre show warm up for the show, I wasn't scared because they're they were my friends, they were mm-hmm. my family. Mm-hmm. So if you are terrified to speak, first of all, talk to your audience before you speak, because then you get to know them. You, it's literally like your own warm up. Yeah. Never go on the stage cold. You've got to, I mean, look at the people that do it for a living, you know, mm-hmm. Broadway and actors. You can't take a stage cold. You've got to get warmed up. And for me, the audience load, for the Oprah Winfrey show was my warm up for my warm up. Mm-hmm. And I just, um, you know, when you speak to people, I'm about, about to do a keynote that I was asked to do last year that obviously got canceled and it's in person in June. I'm so excited. And they just told me, Sally Lou, why don't we do your meet and greet at lunch instead of after you speak? And I'm like, yes, because then I can get to know my audience. And so That's when I good. get to know, yeah, when yeah. I get to know the audience, I'm pulling names, I'm pulling stories, I'm making mental notes. And now when I'm speaking, whatever it is anyone is speaking on, when you know and you've had conversations with your audience and then suddenly you use live content in your talk, that gets an audience's attention. Now they're thinking, wow, she really knows us. She sees me, she hears me, I'm important. Then say a name like, hey, Marisa, when you mentioned that, da, 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 it's like, oh, my goodness, you 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 catch all of a sudden they wake up, they mm-hmm. lean in, yeah. they're connected and everybody else is wondering, is she going to talk about me? Like, mm-hmm. you know, it just it just makes for a much more personal, um, connected experience. One of the other things that I I didn't know I was doing it when I was doing it, but in hindsight, I get it now. I was. My job, part of my job was to do the audience warm up, to get people excited and ready for the show. I didn't really need to do that because people arrived ready. People Mm -hmm. arrived connected with Oprah. I could have stood on the stage and told people where the exits were and they would have performed or been themselves, you know, whatever it was, they would have brought that excitement. Right. But what I did was I connected the audience with each other. And that I thought was the most powerful thing about our audience, besides the fact that, of course, they're so connected to Oprah and they Mm -hmm. were there for that. And they are the Oprah show audience members all were living their best lives. So they arrived, you know, with so much love and passion and and kindness. And um, but what I loved in that audience warm up period of time was I connected the audience with each other, which brought power and a connection of community. So Mm -hmm. I always say speak to your audience before so that you do your own warm up you get to know your audience so you can pull live content and they get to know each other because when an audience is connected the better the speaker the mm-hmm. better the audience the better the speaker so when an audience is connected you will be a much more impactful speaker and you will not have as much fear right. cuz then it's like a conversation like if you if you if you can pull in an audience member um, by by saying their name and, and adding like a little piece of content that they shared with you that of mm-hmm. course isn't going to embarrass them. Um, right. That that is a moment where if they have a response, you allow them to have it. Now it's a conversation. Now of course you have to be very mindful of time because you only have a certain time when you're a right. slotted speaker. But 
you know, I, I, I pride myself on knowing how to do that. So if you get it, you know, try it once when you speak mm-hmm. and try it again and then perfect it, you know, don't try to do 10 people, try to do one person mm-hmm. and see how it goes. So I, I always believe that that is a, a real way to not, uh, to, to, to make sure that you leave fear behind and focus and be present on what's happening with the people who you've gotten to know before you, you, you get up there and take that stage. Was there a time, Sally Lou, because I know you've mingled and you met with so many people throughout your time there at the Oprah Winfrey Show. Was there a time or a story that comes into your mind from time to time, you know, now that you're doing this and we'll get to, you know, what you're doing now, the incredible journey you're on. But is there an audience member, an audience members that you you remember that you mingled with that, you know, you spoke with and they told you like something about them or a story that either stuck with you inside of your mind and your heart or you resonated so with them? I know there's just like times, but is there one so that many. pops up like while we're talking now, you know, some, you know, you think of them from time to time, like, oh, I remember, I wonder what happened to blah, 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 you know, um, well, I don't know. I don't often want, I do wonder, I don't yeah. often wonder because I'm still in touch with them. I mean, what, oh, television, so good. Audience, what television audience, um, remain, become friends and remain friends, like real friends. Wow. That's like, so good. We're friends, right. Yeah. So like, it's just so interesting to me because I've worked on other television, uh, shows and, and that was a connected community. So I was also trained to find the light in the crowd. Like that was my job. Like, and as soon as I found that light, whenever Oprah came out, she went to the same light. Like the light doesn't, it's so obvious when, when the light is shining. So Mm -hmm. there are people like Cheryl Jackson, whose light, you know, I I didn't even see it. She just started screaming at me. And I was like, where are you? (laughs) Get down here. You know, that, that's the kind of And those that are listening that know Cheryl Action Jackson, you, you, you know, (laughs) (laughs) that's what she is. You know, like her light is so bright. And, you know, a, a, a guy named Will Hudson, whose light was so bright and, um, who I stay in touch with and who, uh, you know, as soon as I saw him in the warm up, and then Oprah saw him and then all of a sudden he's next thing, you know, he's on a show when we took the show to New York and is seeing Mariah Carey, his favorite person. So, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. there's, there's, there's people like that who just remain on your heart. And, you know, a woman named Mara Davis, who I saw in the lobby at Caesar's palace when we were doing Tina and Cher. And I was like, you want tickets? You and your girlfriends? I need you. Put her in the front row. It was the energy we needed. And she's still a dear friend of mine. So there's just, I mean, there's countless amounts of people. I mean, I had a lot of famous people that I had to talk to in the audience. In fact, the other night, as I'm watching the Oscars, I'm watching this, you know, incredible, powerful, beautiful speech from Tyler Perry. So and I'm remembering so powerful. Mm-hmm. Why don't you just meet me in the middle? Oh my gosh. I, I thought that too. Immediately when he said, you know, he talked about uh, rejecting hate. <laughs> he said, you know, right. who's all going to meet me in the middle? And that song right. by Marin Morris <laughs> jumped Marin in my Morris. head. Okay. And I'm like, I'm right. there, Tyler. I'm going to meet you in the I'm middle. In the middle. Like, yes. Right. So I just remember him being in the audience and it was before, you know, it's like I knew Oprah before she was Oprah. Mm-hmm. This was Tyler before he was Tyler, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. Like I knew Common before he was Common and 
and Kanye before he was Kanye and John Legend before he was John Legend. You know, it's like I, I we had we had a wedding show where I, I didn't I had to get wedding gowns that would um, be the I had to get the wedding gown from the celebrity who got married that year and hire a, a lookalike model to model it on the show. But it had to be either the replica or the gown of the celebrity. And when I tell oh, wow. you there were people like J-Lo, Reese Witherspoon, um, Faith Hill, who all were will willing and some sent me their, their dresses and they weren't big enough stars at the time. Mm -hmm. Like this is how crazy it can be where yeah. it's like, mm, no. And now, you know, Reese and oh my God, please. J-Lo, Faith, right. it's like <laughs> huge stars. But at the time, like, mm, no you know but I'm watching Tyler and I remember him being in an audience and we had legends on it might have been when Oprah did legends I don't actually remember and I referred to Cicely Tyson as Cicely Tyson and I think he said excuse me and he stood and I knew it was Tyler Perry but again he was not Tyler Perry I mean, he was just literally sitting in the audience which mm -hmm. gives you which gives you um you know, uh, uh, the answer of he was at on the stage, right? Right. So, and he corrected me and he said some, I, I want to say that he said something like, you know, it's Miss Cicely Tyson. And I was like, okay, okay, okay. And so, you know, I was a little schooled and that's fine. Mm -hmm. I always welcome that. Mm -hmm. But like, this is the, I, I grew up there. I grew up at the Oprah Winfrey show. I was there since I was 20 five years old. And I took a lot of time off. I was not there the entire run. I took 10 years to be a mom and raise my kids, but I freelanced there the whole time. And then in 2003, I went back as the audience producer because I, I, that's all I wanted was to still be in the studio. And right. I just made it fun. And I brought my producing role to that job and, and just really turned it into something um, that was very special. My team and I turned it into something that was really special. So um, yes, audience people, uh, I write about a lot of them in my book. Um, uh, the audience members of the Oprah Winfrey show arrived with their hearts open, mm -hmm. um, living their best lives, and they remain that way today. And, um, you know, they're really memorable, memorable, beautiful people. And that's, and that's so beautiful that you still connect with them and obviously, like myself, that I always watched it. And I remember watching it five o'clock Eastern Standard Time in my room, <laughs> uh, Lansing, yeah. Michigan. Shout out to the capital city, um, my hometown. And yeah. then the announcement comes that it would be the final season of Oprah's show. And I am panicking. I'm going, well, what am I going to do at five o'clock Eastern Standard Time? Because that's going to be a void for me and everybody else. And I promise you, like we had therapy session groups in my neighborhood because Oprah's show was ending. And so for you, you know, knowing that, you know, this wasn't going to go forever and she's got, you know, plans of what she wanted to do and um, glad, so thankful she, you know, took that risk on herself and bet on herself and went beyond uh, the show and given us 25 years of just so right. much amazing memories and you being a part of it. Knowing that the show was ending, Sally Lou, did you already have what you were going to do next set up? No. Or, you know, when the show ended, you were like, okay, the lights go off, lights dim, the 
uh, the stage is down, nobody's in their seats. Now what? Yeah. No, I had no idea. And by the way, all TV producers see everything as a montage and like that closing scene that like Mary Tyler Moore last show, you know, mm-hmm. where you're all, they're all in that circle like that. We all see it that way. So we were all looking at our life there as, you know, it was ending and it was sad, but uh, a couple things. One, I had no plan. I did stay uh, two and a half, three years uh, with the show, with the, not the show, the show was over mm-hmm. with the company. So I, we were doing audience work for own the network. And, uh, so that was great. And then, um, but what happened was I had a very large dental surgery that I'd been putting off and I had it like the August after the show ended in May. So I'm in that dental surgery and I've since had 11 more, which is a whole other story. Um, you know, as a speaker, I literally was launching my speaking business and I was like having teeth removed. It was like, I'm sorry, isn't that the first thing a speaker should have? It was crazy. Anyway, I continue to have that problem, but that's another story. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so I'm having my first surgery and I am for the very first time in my life quiet. And I'm like, and I don't know, you know, it's, it's really the whole thing of going inward. I had not started meditating yet, but it was that going inward thing. And it wasn't like I was on a lot of drugs. It was just, I went inward. I let the surgeon do his thing, lots of stitches, lots of needles, but I, I saw my whole business. I didn't see love speaks because my graphic artist and brand goddess came up with that, but I saw my business and when I got, and I, and at the end of my surgery, I thanked my surgeon. I said, I just planned my, my next chapter. I went home with my ice pack and I wrote my business plan. And then I was still working at Harpo. And then uh, that's when Oprah introduced to us transcendental meditation. Now a few, like four or five years prior to that, I've been doing, um, healing work since age 22. Mm-hmm. And I've practiced Reiki and energy healing and, but I had never meditated. And I had suggested to the Harpo team that we all should learn how to meditate and meditate together. And, you know, we didn't have time to pee. So people thought I was insane, but then Oprah brought it to us five years later. She, she wasn't in the room when I mentioned that, but whatever. <laughs> um, so, so uh, here we were meditating and that whole like piece of going inward and it just kept speaking to me. And I, what, what I really wanted to do was to speak to students who were studying television in college and have them understand my story and the importance of their story. Mm-hmm. And that's really what I wanted to do. And I remember going to Sherry Salata, who was the executive producer of the show, then turned president of the network. And I said to her, I want to speak this story. And I, I made a notebook, I made one for Oprah, I made one from her. And I was like, this is my story. And I would love your blessing for me to, you know, to speak it. Now, did I think it was a business? No, because I hadn't, I didn't, we didn't know what, I wasn't a brand. I was like, right. I just want to do this. Mm-hmm. And I think it would be great. And she asked me, is this a business? And I said, no, no, I work here. 
But when I stopped working there, because my audience job was obsolete, there was no more audience work to do. I got, I had the great honor of being asked to work on the marketing team, which I did. I sucked at it. I didn't like it. I had no business working there. So I left and I then, then it became a business. And then I met with graphic artists and brand and I learned all this. What is a URL? I had no mm -hmm. idea, like crazy stuff. And so I look back on it, like I knew I wanted to tell my story and I knew I wanted my story to impact others to help them tell their story. And then I realized I can really help people get over their fear of speaking. And what happened was I, I got my first gig and it, was, it wasn't like a keynote. It was, um, I was asked by a producer, a friend of mine who know, knew my work to MC an event at the restaurant show, my friend, Lindsay. Mm -hmm. And she asked me to do it. And by, it's a four day event. And by the fourth day, there were people lined up. Now they would line up to get books signed by the chef. Cause it was a, a you know, it was celebrity chefs, but my job was to MC. So connect the audience to the chef and answer the Q, the, you know, host the Q and a piece. Yeah. And all of a sudden these people are standing and I'm thinking, well, what I'm looking behind me. I'm like, what are you lined up for? They were lined up to talk to me. And I was like, what? Wow. I realized I had to blow you away. It did. I did. I realized in that moment that it didn't have to be on the Oprah stage for my talent to work. I could yeah. be on any stage and my talent is connecting with an audience and connecting that audience with each other and connecting that audience to a brand. Mm -hmm. That's what I do. Hard to get hired to do that because it's not like it's not like I can go online and say, this is what I do. So mm -hmm. it's my own business and it's different every day. And some days are bigger and better than others. And some days I'm thinking I, I got to, I got to close shop. This isn't really working. Um, it works because I love everything, right. but it's hard to make a living doing it. So especially, you know, I wrote my book and then COVID hit. So it was like, I was on a roll and then I wasn't. So mm -hmm. it, it's a lot of ups and downs. I have to do a lot of self-talk. I had to reread my own book many times mm -hmm. as you are doing. Yes. Um, it's a great resource for people. And the thing about the book is that each chapter has a lesson mm -hmm. and, um, and that lesson is for me to share with the reader, but it's also allows for the reader to explore their own piece of their story within the lesson. So it's, it's, it is a, um, it's, the book is participatory which is the way my business always is. It's participatory. I, I absolutely love that because as, I, as you were saying that, and I'm reflecting through the chapters because I'm going through this book again, just a, a refresher for myself and a reminder of myself of, okay, you are doing this podcast. You're speaking to people. You are hearing their story. What's the purpose of it? Why are you doing it? You know, what is you you know you stepping into this arena what is, what is your takeaway and and i like that in each of these chapters you're not asking the same questions over and over again you're giving a story you're talking about you and then you're talking about a particular individual and people and another thing too i love the connections you made throughout the people that you've met through this journey uh whether it be you know while you were on you know working at harbo on the oprah winfrey show after uh, you left Harpo and then, you know, you're in the dentist chair and 
your whole business plan comes through. I love the people that you've met throughout. Like, I feel like I've met them too. Like you take the yeah. reader along the ride yeah. with you when you're meeting these people and they're all different kinds of people. They're either, you know, they have a corporate job or they walked away from the corporate job and started um, their own business or they're um, teachers, they're yoga instructors, they're leaders, yeah. they have their own business and everything else. And I love that majority of people that you have in this book, they're empowering business, big time, amazing yeah. women. And yeah, women. A lot, a lot of my focus is women. There are some, yes. some dudes that I talk about, but the, the, my favorite thing to do is to connect women with each other and yes. let them back. I was, get, I was getting ready to say that too. I like the connectivity. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I, I can't even describe to you the feelings that I have when I see a woman who I admire and who I know and who I, you know, had many conversations with or worked with shine. And so like, for me, when you started your podcast, I was as excited for you as you might've been for yourself. Like I love when other women shine because it just reminds me Amen. that we're all capable of this. We all can do it. Um, it might not be the same. It might not look the same. Her shine might be brighter than your shine or your shine might be long la longer lasting. Can we celebrate each other? That's the right. big thing is women. Right. Can we please celebrate each right. other's shine? That That's what I wholeheartedly love throughout the pages of your book, Sally Lou, is because mm. each story that you gave it connected with a celebration of yeah, what the person oh, was doing. And I love yeah. that. Then we, we need to see more of that. We need to see more of that within women. That there, yes. you know, we, we're seeing it plastered everywhere that there's been envy and angst and jealousy and hatred. And we see that throughout reality shows. We need to see more of this. Oh gosh, reality shows are just the world's worst thing. As a television producer, I will say, they're all scripted, mm -hmm. they're just, they're just terrible for people to, to think that that's how I, I just, I, I don't, I don't get it. I, it, yeah. doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't appeal to me in any way, shape or form. Mm -hmm. Um, but, um, but what does appeal to me is lifting each other up and not getting so bogged down in the comparison. And we live in a comparison culture yes. with social media and with, the, you know, you know, we used to be just compared to the, to the photoshopped, you know, magazine covers. Now it's like, oh my goodness, TikTok and, and, um, you know, Instagram and, mm -hmm. and it, reality shows all of it. So mm -hmm. it's, it's really, it's really hard to stay focused. And I would just recommend to anyone because I, again, I have to read my own book. Sometimes there are times where I'm looking at my feed and I'm like, Oh God, I'm not doing enough. I got to do this. I'm too old, blah, blah, you know, and all that bad self-talk that we have to change. And mm -hmm. we're, we're, we know this, we know this and we are human. And so don't get down on yourself. Anyone listening, if you do compare and make those comparisons, just make them positive, make them so that you go, Oh, I really like what I'm just going to throw some people's names out that I really enjoy watching Shelly. Cheryl, Barry, some women that really vow, you know, I really like what the, another vow, um, what they're doing. God, I'm not doing enough. Well, you know what? 
I am doing what I'm doing. I'm doing what I'm capable of. I'm doing what feels good to me. And I'm just going to let them inspire me to keep doing that. Mm -hmm. And you know what I always told the audience at the Oprah show? I said, you have one job, one job, be yourself, just be yourself. Yeah. That's it. And that's our job. The, 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 my favorite of all time quote that I use all the time that of course was brought to me by Oprah Winfrey, because it was plastered on our wall at, on the West side of, um, of our building at Harpo. And it it's uh, Joseph Campbell, a privilege of a lifetime is being who you are. And um, that's it. That's all we've got. So mm-hmm. you're always going to do something different than somebody else. And that different could be better, could be worse. Mm-hmm. Why even bother about putting that value on it? Just right. do you, just do you be who you are. It's your gift. It is, it is truly, um, I was just talking to, I was mentoring, uh, someone on the, on a call just before, uh, I talked to you, a young girl whose older sister went to a college where I spoke. And I remember her so well, because as soon as I started speaking to her, cause I like to engage the audience yeah. and include them in my talk, which reduces fear. Um, she started to blush and I didn't, I might've embarrassed her. I didn't mean to embarrass her. I immediately said, I love that you show your feelings on your face. That's so beautiful. And she probably hated that, you know, if you, if you're a blusher, you don't want to be noticed for blushing. Yeah. But like I said to her, you are showing your feelings. That is a beautiful, that's you embrace it, you know? So it's like, even if we think that there are negative things that we do, Mm -hmm. you can always figure out a way to make it uniquely yours, which is ends up being positive. That is so, that is so key. (laughs) Oh, Sally Lou, you are dropping so many aha gems right now. I've just, I I just got so much, but the biggest one for me that I took so much away from, and I'm rocking the sweatshirt for those that are watching, (laughs) Sally Lou, did this. We can't see um, it. Marisa, I, I, like, I gotta show everybody. I gotta yeah, show everybody. Yes. There yes. you go. Yes. Sally so Lou did this amazing house party, uh, Love Wins, and I want her to talk about it. And I know that she's gonna do another one. And I hope that we can finally be there in person. But it's if it's oh, virtual for so another fun. year, so be it. But it was yeah. one of the most incredible experiences uh, of my life. To be well, in you, a room you. of, you know, you're, you're hosting it and you had a DJ and you had a comedian and you had amazing speakers. And one of them that we are, we both know, Paolo Presta, Hello. who uh, he, he made me cry when that whole Dreams Come True episode uh, when we no came work. to his parents' grocery store. Just, just an amazing, amazing soul. Him and, and his husband, Patrick, just amazing, Patrick. beautiful souls. Uh, Talk about how this whole thing uh, came to, yeah. to being and, and the whole journey. Well, I, I will say that party. one of the women that I, yeah, thank you. One of the women that I just mentioned of women that I admire and follow and all of that, um, my, my, I, I, have, <laughs> I have another friend named Cheryl Jackson. Now you're laughing because this is funny because you know the other Cheryl Jackson who mm-hmm. I greatly admire and follow. Um, but I have a new friend that I met just before the world shut down at an event, at a speaker event that we were both speaking. Mm-hmm. Her name is Cheryl Jackson, but she spells it with an E, Cheryl with an E. 
And um, she had a virtual event at some point in the fall that I attended and it was a full day event. Mm -hmm. And I had the best freaking time. I had the best time. And I thought to myself, I want to do that. I don't know what it looks like, but I want to have my own event with my own community. Right. And I, and she inspired me. So I did it my way. It wasn't at all like hers, but I loved every minute of hers. And um, so I decided from the minute, this was after I had gotten COVID, but I got COVID early on in March and I was very, very sick for a long time. And during the time that I was sick, I was still doing Zoom calls with people like Cheryl, like Shelly, like Paolo, a lot of people who are in my community. Um, and I was doing Zoom calls for social, but I was really doing Zoom calls for me. There were, I was still in isolation. I was still sick, but there were periods of time in the day that I felt okay. It was night that I got really sick. It was the best medicine besides D, D Nice's lives and Devon Franklin's lives. Mm -hmm. Those Devon Franklin's lives and D Nice's quarantine, quarantine, yeah, club time, quarantine, club, club quarantine. Because he came on, he started club quarantine the day that I was laid off, and I tuned oh. in that night. And there uh, you go. That's on that my list. Really hopefully, good. I've already put it out to the universe. That I want to, you know, have him on the podcast. So hopefully, yeah. He listens yeah. to this and wants to join, well, but yeah. I love him with all my heart and soul. He, you know, it's like people have no idea the impact that they have on others. And mm -hmm. that is why I say we all have a platform. Mm -hmm. And D-Nice was as talented as he was 10 years ago as he is today, but he, yeah. didn't, have a, he didn't have a platform. And mm -hmm. it was the right time at the right place. And there we go. We see what he can do. And he brought us together. He brought us, I couldn't sleep. I couldn't breathe. I, but I, I listened to his lives and I just, I was so happy. And then I'd like see people I knew I'd saw you, I, mm -hmm. my friend Freddie, I'm like, yay. And it felt like oh connection. And so during my COVID time of being isolated, I really reached out to people to have those conversations. It wasn't just call a friend. It was like, let's really talk. And so as the year was moving on, I was really lonely for these, these conversations and these feelings. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I'd have one here, one there. I was like, I want to do this on a platform. So especially I was inspired, like I said, with Cheryl Jackson, with an E, her event. So I was so, of course, completely and utterly, um, you know, wrapped up in the election as we all were. Mm -hmm. And I thought to myself, you know, if the election goes the way we want it to, I'm going to have a freaking party. And I couldn't have this party if the election went the other way. I knew that. Mm -hmm. So I got with my team and I said, what can we do? Oh, and then another friend of mine, Jenna came to me. She took a, a speaker workshop of, of mine and she came to me and she said, I want you to know about this platform hop in. And I think you'd be great at, on it. I think you should have an event on it. I'm like, oh, it's too complicated. I'll just do Zoom. And she basically said, I'll do it for you. She's a Pilates like uh, influencer. Mm -hmm. and, and she's like, she did it for me. And so we got the platform. And then I was like, I'm going to start producing this. 
And I started making my feelers without knowing about the election, of course. And I knew immediately that we needed a, a woman DJ. I knew immediately that I wanted Paolo to do the keynote. I knew immediately the women I wanted on the leadership uh, panel. I knew immediately that my friend Itika needed to be highlighted for literally getting it all in 2020. Uh, Black owned business owner who literally got, you know, boyfriend proposed to business boomed and she at 40 is having a baby. Like mm -hmm. never thought she'd have a baby, had a baby. Mm -hmm. <laughs> she has a baby, Noah. And um, knew I wanted to have a comedian because laughing was what got us all through this. Mm -hmm. And what I didn't know is that um, we would do a mural live um, with an artist friend who I also met in 2020, uh, uh, Heather Gentile Collins. And, and she and Shannon Booth, who is another woman I met in 2020, um, women I admire on Instagram that live in Chicago. We got together for coffee and they're like good friends of mine now. I, I'm so excited and I don't need friends. I've got plenty, but how cool is it yeah. to meet people who you connect with and just like, wow, I have room in my life for you because you are awesome. So that's Heather and Shannon and they both have amazing platforms. Um, Shannon's is House of Shan. It's a love brand. It's my favorite love brand. So I knew I wanted to feature her as a vendor. And then Heather was like, hey, I'll paint a mural live and we'll donate it back to, or maybe it was Shannon. I don't, I, I don't even remember now, but they both had this, we had a call and they're like, we'll donate it back to the organization that you're giving a portion of the ticket sales to, which is called My Block, My Hood, My a city which takes um, children from underserved uh, Chicago public schools mm -hmm. to go out into the world and see the world and do field trips to know that there's more than just their block, but also to make their block the best that it can be to, you know, to, to, gorgeous, to, to gorgeous, them. gorgeous mural that she painted too. Oh my goodness. Gorgeous. And we just delivered it and we found the perfect spot for it in their um, center where all the kids come for after school stuff. And if one kid looks at it and says, damn right, love wins, I'm happy. Like, you yeah. know what? It just inspires adults, inspires. Um, and, and she used maps of where everybody from the love wins house party attendees came from, as well as, um, maps from the Chicago neighborhood where my block is and mm -hmm. showing that we are all you know, we may all live on different blocks, but we are all on the same block when it comes yeah, we're to- We're all connected, yes. We're all connected. So I think that they just took um, took that uh, to the next level and I welcome ideas. I love collaborating with smart people and brilliant people and creative people. And so that, that's what the Love Wins House Party was. It was, a, it was a time for us to just give ourselves two and a half hours to really just um, remind ourselves that love wins remind ourselves that our stories are powerful remind ourselves to give back mm -hmm. and to laugh and to dance and to dance and to dance and to keep dancing that's the part i loved i loved the the dancing i love hearing the stories i but the, the big part that i thought that that was genius of what you did is the hop in of you had no idea who you were going to meet so we I had know. this break for those that are listening. So we had this break and it was set up to where you would, um, and correct me if I'm wrong, Sally Lou, uh, 
not log off, but you would uh, click on to uh, somewhere yeah. where you, you would be. Yeah, it was a time limit where you were meeting somebody that was also attending this house party. Uh, it was and, like speed dating. Yeah, it was kind of like speed dating, but it was like speed friendships. And totally. the people that I met, the first person that I had was Sally Lou. And then I had <laughs> your mom. Oh um, my God. My mom, I don't know how my mom got on because we don't was know amazing. how my mom got on. <laughs> she, she was absolutely so much fun to talk to for that moment. And then uh, I connected with three or four other people. And I tell you what, I didn't want it to end because I know, and we I, just we just kept talking and we were talking about ideas and we were talking about what we took away from so far the the halfway point of the the house party and yes. you know your energy and everything else i mean every person that i spoke with you just felt their energy and gratitude of attending what yeah. you what that, you brought us all together for thank you and that and that to me was the selling point of why i chose this platform and the platform you know i think we were all zoomed out anyway it was a little complicated it was very techy you had to sort of like get your ticket then you had to get the link and then it was like uh, we had to really it was like back to the oprah show days where you were cross-checking the reference list and you're like have you gotten your live link yet have you registered have you and it was a, a lot of hand-holding um, and I, I got frustrated with it, but, um, I want to do it again, just for the very fact of the networking button. Um, Jenna, who produced it for me said, it's like crack. It's literally like you, like a hundred plus people were on, they yeah. all have great amounts of creativity and passion and love. Mm -hmm. And so whoever you're going to meet, whether it's someone, you know, or someone you don't know, you're meant to meet that person or say mm -hmm. hello to that person. And I've heard from a lot of people, the feedback is that people have st stayed connected, which is mm -hmm. all that I want. So if you met someone in that um, three minute moment and you really wanted to stay in touch, there, there was that, there, there was that um, ability to do so. And, and so if you made even just one connection from the house party, that's one more connection in your life, which I think is positive. It was so, so good. I, 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 I met so many great people. It was so great to connect. And you know what? In all honesty, Sally Lou, the tech, techie issues and everything else, I see it as an issue because the energy overcame all that to me. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, what was being talked about and, and the speakers that you had on and you connecting with everybody that was watching. Plus you were connecting with the panel of people that you had. To yeah, me, yeah. I just I just had a great time because it took Good. away for the fact, and I was talking to other people that I connected with um, after the fact, after it was all said and done. I I was talking to people and said, well, what'd you love about this and everything else? And you know, let's say connected and everything else. And the big thing is the energy and love. Like every person that I spoke yeah. with that I connected with used the word love and they used the word energy. Good. And, and that Good. was the, and that was the big thing that was, that was so needed, especially what the world has gone through, yes. what we're we still that. going through. We, we needed that. And it was good to have a two hour, two and a half hour break away from chaos and yes. to just yes. be in a room where everybody like-minded, the vibrant energy was there. People communicated, they connected. It, yeah. no, nobody talked about any problems because right love was, it was a good escape it was a good escape and 
and and the and the thing about it is that in the end we all just need to remind ourselves that we can have our little love party whenever we want like mm-hmm. i had so much fun that week um dancing just your videos myself. were amazing like they were so <laughs> leading up to the event and then I, you had what are you wearing post what you're wearing yeah. and everything else yeah. and you, you would show off your outfit and then who you know who designs your outfit and everything else so it was like you know, a little bit of red carpet, a little bit, you know, having yeah. your event and talking about it, but you captured everyone's attention that was going yeah. in. And people were like, oh, I don't know if I should go. I think your dancing video, because I saw a couple of people comment, they're like, you know what? I'm going to make time to go because she's on here. She's dancing to these amazing songs. Her, her energy is infectious. And you had people that commented underneath. And I know you read every single comment yeah. that comes through on your page. Yeah. That was like, yeah. you know what? I was busy that day, but seeing you dance and shake your little tail, tail feather to a song, you know, to bring me to higher love, you know, Whitney Houston and Kygo. Totally. Like, My going. theme. Yeah, yeah. My theme song. Well, all I can say is, I, you know, I miss the studio. I miss dancing in a studio. I miss dancing with people. I miss dancing with um, with anyone. So I, I, I think dancing is so essential to feeling good. Uh, and so that was really why I had it. Now, I didn't like the fact that we couldn't see each other mm-hmm. because on Zoom, of course, you can you, you have the gallery, but the chat was fire. Yes. And, on, and, and again, we learned a lot. There was an event chat and a show chat. Mm-hmm. And I was having trouble, you know, taking my own time cues and keeping it going and staying on time and listening and knowing, uh, and, and I had to do my own, I had to mute and unmute myself, my camera and my mic when others were on. So I had a lot going on. So it was really hard for me to read the chat. But if that, the, in the beginning, I was like, ooh, the event, the chat is like so boring. I didn't know that there was a different chat. Mm-hmm. So we learned these things and that was fire. So it's like, we only needed one chat. And, yeah. um, you know, and, um, and, um, we needed more of the networking love-ins that time, like that, like we could do a whole hour on that and oh, yeah. people would love it. Mm-hmm. People would love it. And I really, I, I have a, um, something that I'm working on that's going to happen, um, hopefully in the fall as a series that I'm doing. And I really want to do it on hop in, but it's too expensive. So unfortunately I, I just can't, I've got to be smart about it, but I only want to do it on hop in for the very reason um, of the button, the love button. It's yeah. literally the love button. And you can't do that on Zoom. Zoom has breakout rooms, but it's not the same. Mm-hmm. This is like the best. Yeah, so I, I, I truly, I enjoyed hopping. I, I, like I said, I had the best time. And I know that you're gonna have so many more amazing events and so many great things that you're doing. And I'm looking forward to them because like I said to you, before we even jumped on here and, and before I let you go, I got one more question to ask you um, yeah. of just, you know, preparing for having you on here and you're just so excited of what you have done and so many people that you have inspired. What I want to know is this, we are, you know, still in this pandemic. And I ask this for every single guest that comes on here uh, and, and talk to them about, and we are almost in May and there's always, uh, a moment where, yes, the, the world has gone to, you know, there's different things going on, the chaos and the crazy and everything else. And sometimes we want to escape from it and all that, but there's always a, a hope that we have. 
And what I want to know for you is what is your hope for re the remainder of this year? What do you see? Kind of, kind of like a twofold question. What do you see as your hope and what do you want to do once this pandemic is over with? What is the first thing that you want to do uh, once this is all over with? Which I'm praying is sooner than later. Well, <laughs> what is it you want to do? Um, well, the first thing I want to do is hug my mom, uh, like really hug her and um, and hug my kids. I mean, we've, we've hugged, but we've hugged like from the back or we've hugged mm -hmm. like like around like the butt, like, like, I yeah. know that sounds like from yeah. behind. Like, yeah. And I, I just want to hug. I just want, I want to, I, I exposed my mom twice to COVID, which I didn't know I had, when I didn't know I had it and when I didn't mm. know my husband had it. Mm. And it was the worst feeling I've ever felt in my whole life. Terrified that I could have brought something deadly to my mother. Right. And the person, you know, the, who, who we love the most, our moms and um, besides our children. And mm -hmm. uh, and so I really can't wait to feel safe with her. And um, I've invited her on a family vacation with us in June. So that's going to happen. So I'm going to hug her then. Mm -hmm. um, what I hope for everyone and you use the word chaos. I remember in 2016 taking to my bed with an eye twitch and the word chaos kept coming in my head. I kept seeing it. I kept seeing, I never spoke of it or told anybody, but I kept seeing people in streets like running and, and chaos. I, I kept seeing cities in chaos mm -hmm. and um, I was scared. I was really scared. And I went through a really, really dark time. And I, I took to my bed and I was really sad went through January, February, I think I started coming out of it in March of 2017. Mm -hmm. And I felt that chaos feeling and fear through those four years. And I still have it, even though I am so grateful for our current um, president and, and vice president. And to have a woman in that office and a woman of color in that office, it meant everything to me and my family and all the people that wanted the same. So mm -hmm. I'm very hopeful, but I still have a lot of fear. And what I hope, what my hope is that when we all go back to life as it, as, as we once knew it, mm -hmm. that we come to it differently because none of us are the same. Mm -hmm. We are not the same. And I pray that we all can lose a little bit of our fear by staying in our purpose. And that whatever that purpose is for you, for me, for anyone listening, it's a purpose that gives and brings good to people. And so I hope that we do more of that and less of the shit that doesn't serve anyone, not yourself, not others, the negativity, the hostileness, the hate, all of that stuff. There's mm. no room for that in 2021. There right. is no room. We've lost close to 600,000 Americans. And we have watched families lose their loved ones to racial violence. Mm -hmm. We've watched families lose their homes. We've watched families lose their jobs. We've watched families you know, suffer in this economic crisis. And so we cannot go back to life and just take anything for granted. Right. We really can't. We, exactly. we need to have fun. 
we need to have fun, but we have to be super mindful of the very fact that we are lucky to be here and we need to do something purposeful with our life in order to one, be of service and be better to people, Mm -hmm. but also selfishly to not have fear because that fear is not going away anytime soon. It doesn't matter who's in the White House. That fear is here because our country is divided. And I just really truly believe that as long as we're putting good into the universe in our own world, in our own community, we will lessen our own fear. And Mm -hmm. that spreads, that spreads. And I, and I, and I pray that everybody, like you said, just does not go back to the normal that they were, that they search within themselves and become the good and become, uh, walk in gratitude, walk in gratefulness, walk in love with one another. Cause that's, that's what's needed right now. That's, if you don't have a friend, connected, if you don't have a friend who doesn't look like you, you got a problem. So I'm telling you, anyone listening, if you don't have a friend who doesn't look like you, that needs to be a very strong um, priority for you in 2021 to reach out to someone who does not look like you or think like you and create a relationship with a person Mm -hmm. can teach you things that you don't know simple. Yeah. I mean, if you're, if you're, if you look at your circle and your circle looks like you, you're doing something wrong. Mm-hmm. You're doing something wrong. Figure it out. This is, this is a world where we are all in this together. And in yeah. order for us, for love to win and for us to make changes, you have to make the changes in your own, in your own home, in your own community, in your own world. And it's, 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 it can be done. You just have to step outside and just go for it. Amen, and sister. Welcome, welcome it. Welcome it. Amen. How can the listening audience and those that are watching stay connected with you? Lovespeaks.com. And if you go to lovespeaks.com, sign up, reg- and um, you know, um, be a subscriber. You get my podcast and you get my newsletters, and you can also get a free download on how to speak without fear. And there's a course that um, I offer as well um, that is not free, but that's my little side hustle. And you know how you're supposed to be able to have multiple ways of having <laughs> income? Yeah. Trust me, please. I, you know, whatever. I'm trying. <laughs> well, I'm trying. Um, I would much prefer doing those courses on, in person, but I do have online curriculum. And also, since you brought it up, the Love Wins House Party, um, you can see that in its entirety, although we did cut out the love-ins because those weren't, uh, you know, on mm-hmm. the screen. They just had to be um, there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But we, we had uh, DJ Avera uh, play for a longer period of time. So for those who didn't want to do the love-ins, could still listen to her play her music. And I love her so much. And by the way, I was trained, like I said, to see the light in the crowd. And I had booked a DJ who was phenomenal. She's very well known. She said, yes. I was like, oh my God, she said, yes. <laughs> and, then, and then she canceled on me. Ah. And I was like, okay, well, I know how to deal with that. Cause yeah. that's the whole thing about television. Mm-hmm. Um, you always have a, about 3 million backup plans. And I, I went on Instagram and my daughter said, just 
just um, my daughter Carly said, just search hashtag female DJs. And I was like going through and I saw Avera and I was like, that's the one. She was incredible. She's absolutely and I, incredible. I, and I followed her because after the after that that session, I followed her. I had to immediately, yes. Oh, oh, she's such a light. She's so sweet and talented and loving. And I just was like, I I don't know anything about this person. And I just saw her mm-hmm. and DM'd her. We talked and I was like, you're hired. I love you. And she was so kind and wonderful. Anyway, um, I, I, I don't know where I was going with this, but um, oh, I know. You can watch the Loved Ones House Party on um, in, in its entirety. We have a landing page on my site. So you can shuttle through uh, for the parts you want, but you can watch Paolo speak. You can watch the mural be um, finished. You can watch our leadership on love and, um, you know, all, all, everything. And hear our comic. It, it's, all, it's all there for anyone who didn't get to participate. And those that are watching, get this book. This, uh-huh. this, this, this is incredible. I'm not gonna give you too much of a way. She looks fantastic in the back here with a backdrop of the city right behind her. But she is, I mean, just absolutely incredible. Speak is the name of the book. Love your story. Your audience is waiting. A teaching memoir. Salyalu Oaks Loveman. Yeah. The the book was art directed by my god sister and dear uh, friend, Amy McCarter, whose father uh, worked in television and I did work for him. uh, And it was a phenomenal experience. And um, and she is a, a wonderful, wonderfully gifted brand and, um, you know, graphic artist, designer, mm-hmm. phenomenal. And then the back picture, I was like, that's what I, I kind of wanted that to be the front, but then I was like, no, I was like, I want the Oprah audience chair on Oak Street Beach. I which- just caught that it was, that's the Oprah, ch- the, the audience chair. Yeah. Yeah. One day when they were cleaning out the studio, my friend Angelo just like put that chair in my car. Fantastic. I, I was like, oh my God. So I have that chair and it's the Oprah audience chair and it's at the perfect spot on Oak Street Beach and Oak Street Beach because of my name Oaks is very yes. like very, very like you know, it's like my childhood when I was living here in Chicago as in my twenties, we spent a lot of time at Oak Street Beach. And there's that one spot that just shows that beautiful city. And I was in my Derek Lamb suit. It was 102. Um, I got stung by a bee because I was walking barefoot. Uh, my husband, who had just had his knee replaced, lugged that chair to that spot. Um, Jules and Allie were there, who are on my team. And Jules took the photo. And it's my favorite. It, it, it was like, and then I stood, and then I did a headstand on it. <laughs> because I'm like, why not? Right. <laughs> <laughs> and I love the photos you have in this book. So people, you need to go get this book. Please, please uh, order it. Thank follow you, Sally Lou. Follow her. Uh, just an absolute delight. A, pl- a privilege. A pleasure. You, and you, are, you are a delight, you. Marisa. Thank you for all the work that you do uh, in, in, in Texas. Uh, when you are serving with Cheryl Jackson, thank you for the stories that you bring on your podcast. Thank you for the lives that you're changing. And um, I'm so glad to know you and to call you friend. Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, You're not getting me to cry on my show. Not happening. (laughs) (laughs) 
Thank you so much, Heard That Nation, for listening and watching. Make sure you hit subscribe and follow my friend Sally Lou. And as I always end the show, take care, stay safe. Everything she says is truth. If you don't know now, you know all you ever gotta say is hurt that, hurt that, hurt that, hurt that, hurt that. Look, all you ever gotta say is hurt that, hurt that. Be in the know of new episodes that are coming up on the podcast at HeardThatWithMarisa.com. I'm also available on Instagram at Marisa Tigney Podcast, on Twitter at LovelyMarisaT, as well as Facebook on a social media page, Heard That With Marisa Tigney. I appreciate your continued support. Everything she says is truth. If you don't know now, you know all you ever gotta say is hurt that, hurt that, hurt that, hurt that, hurt that. Look, all you ever gotta say is hurt that, hurt that.